So uh, I am so glad that one of the things that Marissa has been doing with you all in this service is um, inviting you into more participation. Um, and um, we were talking yesterday afternoon about tonight, and one of the things that I shared with her is that I've had this idea for a while now of an experimental service that, that in my head I'm calling the Collaboratory. Um, a, a service that really is a collaboration of um, the gifts and the wisdom and um, uh, the, the thoughts and the prayers of the people that are gathered together uh, for worship. And so uh, tonight, we're, we're kind of going to put a toe in the water of the collaboratory. And, and so uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture together. And I'm going to offer a few thoughts about that passage, but then I'm also going to uh, invite you into offering some responses and reactions to the passage as well. And we'll use some prompting questions uh, when we get to that point in the time of the message. And so for those of you online, uh, you'll have an opportunity to participate in this as well as we move through it. Feel free to drop any comments that you might have in the comments online. Um, and we may even be able to lift those out uh, in this space as well. Um, so Marissa has been using passages from the lectionary, um, and I am going to do the same tonight. And, and I'm going to start with the gospel passage, uh, the one from Luke. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do, because I'm going to read it from the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, rather than the CEB, which is what is printed in your bulletin. And so that you don't get distracted, I'm going to invite you to just listen tonight instead of reading along, um, which is a good exercise anyway sometimes, because sometimes when we hear, we pay attention in a different way from if we read. So I, I will read through it slowly for us. And as you have been doing with her, for those of you who have been coming to 635 or participating online, um, the first thing I'll invite you to do is, as you hear this passage tonight is to listen for a word or a short phrase that stands out to you. And I'll invite some response to that uh, in just a moment. Here then... The word of Scripture that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, beginning with the first verse. All the tax collectors, oh, that's the wrong version, excuse me. I was about to read it right out of the bulletin. That wasn't what I wanted to do. Take two. <clears throat> now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven 
over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, thanks be to God. I'm going to do my best to see you in spite of the glare that is coming toward me at this moment. Um, But if you have a word or a short phrase that got your attention in that passage, I invite you to just lift that up um, now. Yeah, Mark. Okay. 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 Thank you. So that recognition of inclusion. So a word or a phrase of from the passage that you heard. Yeah. Hmm. So he places a greater importance on the one. Uh, that is lost and on the 99. So, this is an interesting passage for us to take a look at. It is one that is so familiar that sometimes it's hard for us to listen to it with fresh ears uh, because we have heard it so many times and we think we know what to expect in hearing it. Um, This evening, I would invite you to think about other passages of Scripture where we hear the image of the shepherd used and how some of those may, in those settings, the shepherd takes on a different role than in the passage that we see here tonight. For example, many of us uh, have great fondness for the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, right? The one who leads me in the paths of righteousness. The one uh, who is there for me and walks me through the valley of the shadow of death. The one in whom I know there is goodness and mercy. The the Lord is my shepherd. And and for those of us who are part of the church and consider ourselves to be persons who are seeking to be faithful as followers of Christ, uh, that would mean that when we get to this story, we find ourselves among the 99, perhaps many of us. And in this story tonight, the 99 are the ones who get left in the wilderness. Not not inside the pen, but in the wilderness so that the shepherd can go and find the one. I find it interesting in this passage that the question that Jesus asked at the outside, at the outset is, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And I'm imagining that perhaps some of the ones who were there listening would think, 
Well, well, actually, I would stay with the 99 because I'd cut my losses and let the one go and hold on to the 99 that I have right there with me because if I leave them, something might happen to all 99. But in this story, what we hear is a message of a shepherd that recognizes the value of the one and is willing to risk going after the one and returning it to the gathering with the others. Of course, Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes into another story and then yet another story that we don't look at in this particular passage tonight, but the one that follows these stories of the sheep and the coin is perhaps the most familiar lost story to us all, the one of the prodigal son or as some theologians refer to it, the prodigal father, because what the father does in that story is so outlandish and radical when the son returns home. But I love the pairing of these two stories tonight as they give us glimpses into the character of God, as they invite us to see both the good shepherd an image that for us is probably typically points us toward a male figure. And then in the second story, the, the woman sweeping her house, a female figure. And those pairings point me back to the beginning of Scripture where we hear the story of creation and we're reminded that God created humanity in God's own image. And you all remember what it says next male and female, God created them because we cannot confine God and who God is to a particular gender. And here tonight, this story invites us to see both the masculine and the feminine characteristics as a part of this loving God who chases after, who sweeps after Whatever is lost, because in God's economy, even one left out, even one lost, is too many, is too much. So tonight, I want to invite your responses to some questions in hearing and thinking about this story and so I'm going to read four questions for you, and if you're joining us online, uh, in just a moment, Journey will be sharing those with you. You'll, you'll be able to see them uh, online as well. I'm going to read these four questions for you and invite you into a couple of moments of silence, uh, because sometimes we need silence just to be able to listen and find our thoughts or see where they take us. And so there'll be a little bit of music in the background that you'll hear, and then we'll open it up for folks to be able to respond to the questions that we have tonight. So here are the four questions. What is the scripture tonight saying to you about who God is? What is the scripture inviting you to remember? How is the scripture offering you hope? And lastly, what story is the Scripture encouraging you to tell? So let me just invite you to sit with those questions for a couple of moments, um, and then we will share together in some time collaborating.
to bring whatever God might have for us in these moments tonight in the way of a message. So there is wisdom in this room. There is the presence of the Spirit in this room. Um, There are images and ideas of how God is present in this moment and in this scripture in this room. And it's not all up here at the front of the room. And so for these next few moments, I want to invite you all, as you are inclined, to respond. And we'll look at each question one at a time. And I've asked Megan if she would help tonight by having a microphone, and I hope that won't intimidate anyone, but that will help our folks online be able to hear what you all have to say in these moments as well. And so if you would be willing to respond, and we'll take them one question at a time. And again, if you have thoughts online with us tonight, we'd love for you to drop those in the comments as well. So our first question that I invited you to ponder is, what is the Scripture saying to you about God? Yeah, Jill. What I think it's saying is God loves us all, even those who are straying. It doesn't matter. Um, we're all of value to him and that he's always waiting for us and hoping that we will come to him. Thank you. 
Anybody else? Yeah, Steve. It mentioned to me that, that God knows everything about us and mm. he can't hide anything from him. He's all powerful and all knowledgeable. Thank you for sharing that. Patty. It says to me that we all have free will and we will at some time stray, but God is never far from us. He always brings us back. We just have to call out to him. And I love that idea of bringing us back, which is a part of this story. You know, it's, it's a hundred, at least in the first one, there are a hundred sheep that are all part of the fold and one has left and now is being brought back into the fold again. Oh, Kimberly, yes, please. And you, yeah, you can probably use that one, yep. I just think it's really interesting that God loves to celebrate. Mm. So I hear the joy and let's celebrate that the lost is home and with us. So just a beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That was the word that jumped out for me um, today as I was reading this. And then tonight, um, the pairing at the end of both stories, the message is rejoice for there is joy. And then again, rejoice, for there is joy. Um, and, and in that moment, uh, in the first story, it is as if the rest of the sheep are being invited to participate in the joy um, and, and be a part of the joy of the shepherd. Well, let's take a look at the second question, which is, what is the Scripture inviting you to remember? Roger. It's never too late for somebody to come to the Lord. Hmm. Thank you. Never too late. Anyone else? Well, let's look at the third question. How is the Scripture offering you hope? Yes. It offers hope by allowing us to realize that no matter what, He will search out for us. He will turn the light on for us, and He will sweep away the dirt that is, hmm. may have covered us hmm. to find us and bring us back. Hmm. Remind me, is it Cameron? Cameron, good to see you again, man. Glad you're here. Remind me your name. I apologize. Or tell... Marty. Marty, thank you. I think we've all been the one that was lost, and we've all been part of the 99. Hmm. And the message is that if something happens in our lives when we stray, we know that God will always go after us. Hmm. Thank you for reminding us that we are both and, not either or. Uh, we live in both spaces. Sometimes we're the one that is lost, and sometimes we're the ones that need to hold on and hang out with the other 98 while, while we allow God to do the work that God needs to do with the one. God will never leave us no matter what we do. And he is telling us here that we can be the worst person in the world and we still have redemption. Hmm. 
Thank you, Roger. Steve, did you have your hand up as well? Did you want to share? Yeah. God makes us look forward for eternal life. Mm. There, there is a heaven, and mm. we have better life than we have now. Mm. Thank you. And I love the fact that one of the things that we pray each week is for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven so that we might be able to participate even now in what it is that we hope for later and as we see the incredible love of God um, that's, that's shown to us in this story. Uh, it's a wonderful image of that. Hope, Journey. We got one online. Yes. This is from Tom or Robin Linus. Great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Tom or, or and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> the wilderness is dark and scary, and we can always hold on to the hope that God will come and find us even when we are unable to see how to return home. Mm, beautiful. Grateful for that. And you know what I'm loving in this moment is the fact that um, you all are really leaning into the hope. You know, this question about hope seems to resonate with you and how you're hearing the story. And uh, that is good news. And that's one of the beautiful things about Scripture is that it does invite us into hope. <clears throat> so last question, what story is the Scripture encouraging you to tell? Yes, Teresa. There's a beautiful song called God on the Mountain. And if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go on YouTube and listen to it. But the song basically says that the God that we encounter on the mountain is also the God that we encounter in the valley. And when we're walking in those very low places and in that wilderness, he is the same God who meets us there. He meets us in the good times and in the bad times. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. And that uh, in the moments when we rejoice and in those moments when we're lost, God is there with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, that's the story that I would tell, is mm -hmm. that uh, he is with us, he walks with us all the time, and he's there on the mountaintop with us, but he's there in the wilderness and in the valley as well. Thank you. Tim, did you want to share? You see, God, or at least Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and today. God, except for one time, God has never moved, and God will never forsake us. Which is what at least Roger meant here. God will never forsake us. Thank you for reminding us of that. I think your call to worship summarizes everything mm. in our bulletin. That, that's it. Mm. That tells the story, huh? So as we close this time of the message tonight, I would just invite you in leaving this place uh, in just a little while to ponder that last question. What story is it that this scripture is encouraging you to tell? 
uh, a story of how God has been at work perhaps in your own life or been at work in the life of someone you know and love? Um, and what does that story have to tell or to offer hope to someone else who may be feeling lost, who may be feeling run down, who may be feeling neglected and needs to have a sense of hope, needs to have uh, a reminder of God's goodness. Certainly, as we look at the Apostle Paul's life, uh, he had a story that he was encouraged to tell as a result of God finding him. And our other scripture reading for tonight is one of the places where he gives us a glimpse into that story. And so before we go to the table, I want to invite you to hear this passage from 1 Timothy, and it is in your bulletin. I'll read it in the CEB as it's there if you'd like to follow along. 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 16. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength because he considered me faithful. So he appointed me to ministry, even though I used to speak against him, attack his people, and I was proud. He might have said there, even though I was a lost sheep, but I was shown mercy, Paul goes on, because I acted in ignorance and without faith. Our Lord's favor poured all over me along with the faithfulness and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is reliable and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the biggest sinner of all, he says. But this is why I was shown mercy, so that Christ Jesus could show his endless patience to me first of all. So I am an example for those who are going to believe in him for eternal life. Thanks be to God.